0: rahim, greetings of peace, loved ones worldwide. This is Baraka Blue, and you are tuned into Path and Present podcast. This episode is with my dear friend Mithat, who is one of the Mevlevi dervishes, the Whirling dervishes in Konya, and we speak about the Sama ceremony, the Whirling ceremony, as well as the way of Rumi, the living tradition. Uh, He's a representative of that tradition, and so is his father and grandfather, and he's one of my best friends. Uh, here in Turkey and in Konya, so it's great to uh, to share that tradition with you. Um, before I give the podcast to you, I wanted to share a few updates coming up. This weekend, uh, I'll be in Berlin on uh, September 22nd. This weekend, there's a festival called the Muslimish Kulturage Festival. I think that means the Muslim Culture Festival in Berlin. This is the first year that they do it, and it's bringing artists um, and performers from all over the world, musicians. Um, they have a great lineup, including my friends Ferdos uh, Ensemble and uh, Amir Suleiman. I know they will be there, and many more. So if you're in Berlin, uh, or Germany, or anywhere in Europe, and you can get there, please come out, and I'll be performing there. Also I'll be at the uh, Konya International Music Festival this week, uh, I'll just be uh, spending some time there, so if you are around, please let me know, inshallah. Um, other than that, uh, we just finished a course opening the Eye of the Heart for Rumi Center, uh, which was great. and. Um, the next course will be in November. We're going to have a Rabi Al course. We had it last year. It was really successful. We had so many people. Um, from all over the world, take it and study about the poetry and praise of the Prophet Muhammad and this great tradition of praise, all the way from the Sahaba, all the way through the modern era, and showing that it's a living tradition, and we bring scholars as well as artists and poets and musicians who are writers, who are representatives of this living tradition, have Dr. Omar Fruk Abdullah, Sheikh Abdul-Hakim Murad, as well as many more um, amazing people. So if you can join us for that, I highly recommend it. It was amazing last year, and I'm looking forward to it this year as well. And then, inshallah, we'll see when, but we, while we we're in Konya, we just uh, recorded another course on the poetry and philosophy of Rumi. So I'm hoping we can do that in December, which is celebrating the... Shabi Urus, the wedding night of Maulana Rumi, his death date, which is he called his wedding night when he met his beloved, the Creator. So this is uh, what we have coming up, and um, inshallah I'll be in Seattle um, with Wasat doing some programs in Oct- uh, in late October and in November and December, and uh, I'll have a number of. Performances all around North America uh, and recitations for the MOLID month in November. So I'm looking forward to that, and I hope to see you. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, you can support by spreading the word, passing it on to your peoples. Um, You can also send us any questions or comments you have to uh, our email, connect at com, or you can send them... um, to at uh, to Twitter at Baraka Blue, um, and then this uh, podcast is made possible by our Patreon supporters. So I want to thank all the Patreon supporters. Please say a special du'a prayer for them. They are the ones that make this possible. Um, this is community supported. So if you would like to support, uh, we would be very grateful. You can go to Patreon.com/slash Path and Present, and you can give as little as a dollar a month. Five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, and this goes a long way to make these conversations possible. All right, y'all. So, Alhamdulillah. Um, Sitting with a real, living, whirling dervish, (laughs) Masha'Allah. And uh, we met three or four years ago when I came to Konya during Ramadan. And um, our mutual friend Sarwar, he was the one that connected us, you remember. And uh, mashallah, I had been to Konya a number of times before that. But meeting you and meeting your family and meeting the... uh, Mavlevis, that was a great opening because you actually see the real living tradition as it is carried on. Um, so obviously you know that the whirling dervishes are very famous in, uh, in America. Mm-hmm. And even you'll hear, I mean, Rumi's very famous as a poet, of course, and, uh, you know, I think uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z, the famous pop stars, they named their child Rumi Mm -hmm. and even Donald Trump, his daughter, you know, on Instagram recently, she quoted Rumi, like, this is... Yes. (laughs) And even you hear the NFL, you know, American football. Mm -hmm. I was watching a game recently and they said, you know, the, the player with the ball, the running back was like spinning and m- maneuvering, he said he 's running like a whirling dervish <laughs> you 've been talking about, so it has this kind of popular uh, awareness, and you know American, uh, not Americans but Westerners, Europeans, have been fascinated with the whirling dervishes for hundreds of years since they first yes. traveled into the Ottoman Empire and saw this right and wrote about it and um, it's an amazing ceremony so I just really wanted to speak about y- your experience also learning it um, and what it's like I know because you're from a lineage right? your father is also you know a sheikh within the order and your grandfather was a felt maker made the hats right yes so um I guess we could start with um, how old were you when you started learning, and how was the process of learning? How long did it take to learn the the sama, the whirling? And uh, maybe you could just explain the sama for those that have seen it, but you could explain some about the movements and how you learn it, etc.
1: Yeah. Firstly, I am thankful to you. It was honor for me uh, to be with you. Uh, Alhamdulillah, maybe this is our four, four years together, uh, but it was a good experience for me too. Uh, I am very glad to meet with you. Uh, Mithat, my name is Mithat, as a whirling dervishes. This is my uh, 15 years. As you said my father and my grandfather was also a Berning Dervish. Me and my brother we are uh, at the third generation in this culture. So uh, in our childhood during our childhood uh, this Mevlevi tradition, this Sufi culture was so alive in our home. Our actions, our responsibilities, it was under the Mevlevi tradition. And for me, it was not so difficult to attend this group, attend this tradition. Uh, I started to perform when I was 14 years old, but as I said, uh, my father started to teach me when I was a child, hmm. and it is step by step. Firstly you don't feel any dizzy. (laughs) Firstly, your body adapts these actions, these movements. It is like a sharia, because in sema uh, there are uh, some rules and you should uh, take care of these. And then you can do the real sema. Uh, It was during my childhood period with my brothers. Actually, My brother Mehmet, younger than than me, uh, but he was eight years old. Uh, He firstly attended his sema in Mevlana Museum. It is now a museum, it's a derga. He attended his first sema when he was at eight years old. Uh, He was very lucky. It is very similar in our history because Sheikh's children they were doing this uh, ceremony in the Terga, in the tekke, in the Mevlevi lodges. And turning back to my history, uh, when I was 14 years old, when I was in high school, my father was teaching me these uh, basic rules in every day. We were practicing more than one hour, hmm. uh, but it was very good for me. Um, in a short period, I adapted. I learned too much things. Uh, At the same time, my father was teaching me about Mevlana Celalitin Rumi, about uh, his life, about the philosophy, about the meaning of sema. Uh, It was not only learning about how to perform as a dance, because it is not true to say dance, I think, because it has many meanings, many philosophy. It is better to say, in English, ceremony. Uh, And we started to perform our Sema uh, around the world. When I was 14 years old, uh, my first trip uh, became in Germany. It was a short program, but Alhamdulillah it was a good experience for me. Uh, I went to Germany when I was 14 years old, and I performed my first Sema in abroad. And Konya, during the December, it is very special, because it is the anniversary ceremony of, uh, anniversary of Mevlana Celalitin Rumi's passing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the, we say, Shebi Aruz, it's a wedding, night During this month, Konya uh, is like an eight, it is, like especially it's a festival Mm. Uh, and thousands of people comes to watch uh, to attend this ceremony and I started to take a part in this group, in this special group, Uh, this special group uh, under the Ministry of Culture and Tourism government supports them uh, and this group goes all around the world Mm. Uh, Firstly, I just I've helped them during the December, but after years uh, they take me to their group officially, and we started to uh, perform our Sema around the world. Uh, I visited more than thirty different countries uh, to share this experience to uh, to show people the ceremony. Like this. Yeah. yeah. So, when
0: when you say that, like, I'm curious about the training yeah. the, of the Mavlevis. Not only the Sama, because you mentioned it's not just a dance, but it's a whole way of life. Yes. And it's a whole, it's a kind of a, a specific adab in relationship to people relating ultimately to the Creator. Yes. In every moment, every breath. And uh, we observe that you know, the special adab in all the Mavlevis that we interact with. So maybe, you know, you could explain, how would you explain that training and just that way of life? What is the Mavlevi way? What are the aspects of it? What are the most important aspects of it uh, that you learned growing up and that characterize the Mavlevi way?
1: Sure. Uh, Actually, the Sema ceremony is only 10% 10% of the Mevlevi tradition. What about the 90%, I think you ask. Mm. And firstly, I have to tell about Mevlana Celaleddin Rumi and his uh, special students. Because even before Shams, Mevlana Celaleddin Rumi uh, had more than 400 the disciples, murids. Uh, he was a great sheikh. And after his passing away, after Rumi's passing away, these students They were great, they were talented, they were knowledge, intellect person. They spread around the cities of Konya, around the city of Konya. They, for example, firstly uh, went to Afyon, just two or three hours away from Konya, uh, and some other several cities, Uh, and they opened a house, a dervish house. Uh, for Mevlevi tarika, for Mevlevi order, we say this kind of tekke, this kind of dervish house, we say Mevlevi Khane. Mm-hmm. And these, mev, now, these Mevlevi Khanes uh, spreaded with the Ottoman
0: Empire. Right. These are the Sufi lodges, so in different like languages they're called the Zawiya, the tekke, the Durga, the khanika, right? Yes. But the lodge, the Sufi center.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And for the Mevlevi dervishes, for the uh, Mevlevi tariqa, we say Mevlevi khane. And these Mevlevi khane, the number of Mevlevi khane was uh, more than 170 in our history. Mm-hmm. In Even in the city of Patch, now it is Hungary, at the border yes. side of Austria. Yeah. Uh, they went there mm-hmm. and they played very important role in Balkans because uh, People converted their religion to Islam mm-hmm. this, with, with the help mm-hmm. of this kind of Sufi mm-hmm. dervishes. Uh, but firstly, Mecca, Medina, yes, even Mecca the, Medina anywhere Medina that the Ottoman Africa.
0: Empire was, they were very central. Yes.
1: Know. What they were doing in these kind of houses, uh, they were doing sema uh, once a week or twice mm-hmm. a month. But what about the rest? It was a lifestyle. Uh, it was like, a, sometimes this uh, Mevlevi Khane, it's like a madrasa, it is like an Islamic university. They were uh, learning the basic uh, basic information about Islam, uh, and some of them, they were experts about hadith, about fiqh or about tafsir. Uh, but some of them, they were uh, very professional on music, They were very professional, they were expert on plan in the literature. It is like a fine arts uh, gallery or fine arts university.
0: Yeah, I thought about that too, because they... And often, if you would go to study there, the the normal course of study was a thousand and one days, right? This is for like the basic, right? Like bachelor's Mm -hmm. degree. Yes. This is like your basic study. Yeah, you are right. And then you could continue on if you wanted to master's, PhD, right? Yeah. But um, in that school, of course, everyone growing up in Islamic society, in traditional times, they would memorize Quran when they were children. They would learn their basic fiqh or, you know, jurisprudence of how to worship, how to interact. They would learn... uh, the basic, you know, hadith of the Prophet, peace be upon him, all these types of subjects. So the the school, when they go into it, it's kind of like a specialization in yes. the mystical or inner dimension of things. And it's really like a liberal arts school because you're learning music. Yes. You're, everyone is learning rebab or Neh. But it, again, and that's why if you study the Masnavi, it's not just you learn how to play the flute, but the flute has... Spiritual significance. Uh-huh. It has symbolism, right? The flute is like the human being and the goal is to become empty So that the divine breath, nafas ar-Rahman, can blow through you. Yes, these whole things like that is the insan al kamal the empty one Most people are full so the breath can't flow these things and the rabab also All the instruments have symbolism. So it's yes. like you're studying how to play music, but also you're It's part of your spiritual growth, right? Yeah, and then also you're studying literature, like you say. Primarily you're studying the Masnavi of uh Rumi You're studying a poem, an epic poem, which is, you know As long as the Iliad and the Odyssey combined, twice as long as Dante's Divine Comedy. Mm -hmm. It's an epic poem, rhyming couplets, each line 22 syllables. Mm -hmm. It's full of commentary on the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And there's levels of, you study like seven levels, they say you study and then you start again, Mm -hmm. you read. So like martial arts, there's different belts, right? You start with white belt, you move up to black belt, you know? And then there's the masters. So you're studying literature, but for the spiritual meanings, right? And yes. of course, the Masnavi is one of the greatest achievements in literature in human uh, history. I mean, it's one of the greatest jewels of the Persian language, right? Mm-hmm. Jami says it's the Quran in Persian. I yeah. It's the peak of eloquence, like it almost breaks down the mind as far as how eloquent it is. And it comes from a level of inspiration, he's saying, that's mm-hmm. just below prophetic right, inspiration. Yeah. It's the inspiration of the awliya, the true inheritors of the prophets. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then you would also study dance. And like you say, perhaps it's not
1: correct to call the Sama dance because yeah. it's something sacred.
0: Just like it's not correct to call the Quran poetry because it's something yeah. beyond. But still, it is movement, sacred yes. movement, right? Nowadays in America, people talk about ecstatic dance. They go to ecstatic dance class. This is what it is. It's wedged. The whole idea is to stimulate an ecstatic state. So all of these things were studied uh, as a means for spiritual progress, spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. and understanding Allah. And also, we should mention that in the... The Mevlevi is a really important aspect was service, khidma. Yes. Cooking, cleaning, serve, you know, because it's all about being in service of the creatures mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. So, uh, what did I miss? There's other stuff. What did I forget?
1: Uh, stuff so,
0: what is the life in, the, in, the, in this
1: Mevlevi lodge traditionally? Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, Methnevi plays a very important role in this Mevlevi Khan because Mevlana Jalaluddin Rumi says, After me, this book, Methnevi will be your Sheikh. Hmm. And it is like a spiritual guide of the Dervishes of Mevlana Jalalitun Rumi. Uh, they were before uh, starting the Sema ceremony, Methnevi Khan. Uh, who receives the Meth Nevi. The master. Yeah, the master Esheikh appears and he reads uh, some couples. But he he makes commentary maybe more than one hour, even after two couples. Mm. It is another field Mm. because uh, during these years uh, some people people became experts about Meth Nevi and they were re, uh, reciting, but at the same time they were explaining explaining this book. Uh, they were making commentary about uh, this book. Uh, as a in this spiritual way, while we are searching ourselves into our heart, it is a voyage. Miss plays a very important role mm-hmm. because sometimes. Snakes speak, sometimes animals speak, it looks like a tail, mm-hmm. but it is not. Mm-hmm. These are all symbols. Some of them represent your nerves, your ego, your lust. Uh, you should take care of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mesnevi is a very important book for the Mervli rushes actually not only for the Mevlevi dervishes other tarika other orders they were reading they were following Mevlana uh, and Rumi's philosophy they were expert in the in uh, Mesnevi, but they were not Mevlevi mm. for example uh, Murat Bukhari from Istanbul he was a great sheikh in Naqshbandi mm. but he he was expert in the Mesnevi. Mm. and he established a school about the uh, Mesnevi, and after that, uh, he p- educated the people with the Mesnevi and these, his students spread around uh, Istanbul and they started to receive the Mesnevi. It must be at 18th century or um, 17th century. Uh, but what about the rest uh, life in the week? For example, the Mevlivi dervishes in our history, after uh, Fajr prayer, after morning prayers, they were making a circle and they were repeating the name of uh, God. They were saying Allah, Allah, Allah. Uh, the sheikh was giving the number and everyone was uh, saying Allah loudly while they are sitting and then maybe they were drinking their Turkish coffee hmm. and then the life starts. Hmm. Uh, our prophets of course sallallahu hmm. uh, aleyhi and a simple person, a unique person for them. They were trying to imitate like him hmm. during their lives. But another method is uh, as you mentioned one thousand and one day. During these days A dervish, if he is get married, if he has family, he leaves his family, he lives in Dergah, uh, in Meblevikhane, during 1001 Day. It is so difficult, so people generally prefer to finish this education, this training before getting married, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, some of them, they were not getting married, uh, but not all of them mm-hmm. uh, during this 1001 day you are learning more you are praying more you are doing something more you are sleeping less right. you are eating less you mm-hmm. are drinking drinking so a lot less of
0: fasting a lot of qiyam staying up the last third of the night in prayer and yes worship. they yes. even had a special like thing To keep their head up when they were in Chalwa, and retreat, so that their head, so they wouldn't fall asleep, so that they could prop their head up to continue to invoke the name of God and things. Exactly. So it was really spiritual struggle. You're struggling against the normal aspects of yourself, right? Your desires for food or for, Mm -hmm. you know, procreation or for sleep or for company even. You would be in Chalwa, in retreat, solitude and things. Yeah,
1: you are right. Uh, maybe at the end of this uh, training, during forty days or during eighteen days, you are living only in a small cell, in a small room. Only during the uh, praying time, five times praying time, you are going out. You are going to mosque or you are praying in the Mevlevi Khane. And then you are going back to that cell. You you must be alone. You must be. You must always be with. Uh, Allah with the beloved. Uh, It gives you many things. Uh, And at the end of this training, your sheikh can say, you have to clean the toilets. It is the difficult things, I think. Because uh, he is about to graduate. Uh, Maybe he will be like a great teacher, but he cleans the toilets because... It is very difficult for our nafs, for our ego, mm-hmm. but at the same time you see your poorness mm-hmm. uh, under the Allah's greatness. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and at the end of this training, Sheikh gives you a green turban for your long cap. We say sikka. Mm-hmm. You uh, cover your green turban around your sikka, It means you became a Sheik or you became a Dede. It is a title Uh, and now you can go other places to give education to the people.
0: Yeah, that's really profound and um, I think that's really important because people see the whirling dervishes and that's it's such a powerful visual thing that Mm -hmm. they associate that with the order but they don't necessarily know that it's a whole way of life, and that yeah. that's only one aspect of it. I remember reading also that one of the uh, important aspects when you take the Mevlevi way, that you had to take certain like oaths, you could say. Mm-hmm. And one of them is that you cannot no, no longer argue. Yes. Right? You can't argue about religion or even about dunya, the worldly things. And you can't defend yourself, also. Yes. You can't defend yourself. If anyone attacks you or says anything bad to you, you just have to. And that's profound. And I think, you know, I think there's a reality because, in the way of Mona Rumi, if you think about Rumi's life, that he was a great scholar of the outward, a scholar of the Hanafi fiqh, a scholar of. Jurisprudence, tafsir, theology, all of the subjects he was very well learned. But at a certain point he realized that he left teaching all that and he just focused on the the dervishes that wanted to seek Allah. And he says, you know, the the, the intellect is is like a wooden leg. It's not that sturdy. Yeah. You know, the heart, it, love is the path. If you're always trying to figure it out with your mind, you're going to uh, not get very far. Mm-hmm. Right? So then there's the line where he says while the intellect is searching for the provisions to put on the camel to go for hajj, yes. love or the heart has already circumambulated, <laughs> circum- <laughs> made offer on the Ka'aba seven times.
1: Yeah, I hope you
0: know. And it's important to realize that he's not denigrating the intellect or saying it's bad, but he actually Rumi talks about two types of intellect. Aqli juzzi, aqli know, The partial intellect And then the, the, full, the, the whole intellect The holistic intellect Or the universal mm-hmm. intellect You could say And the, the, uh, He says that the aqli juzi, The partial intellect Has given the true intellect a bad name Yes. And what he means mm-hmm. by this Is the partial intellect Is that part of us that can see That separates and differentiates And categorizes It basically sees the physical world the physical phenomena, right? So you could be a very good scientist and know everything about subatomic particles and know about 365 different type of bugs and things like this. Mm-hmm. And look at the Western modern world very good at this type of intellect. Yeah. Have a high IQ and know many facts and things. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he... that's the partial intellect. Yes. The true intellect, the higher intellect, the intellect with a capital I, or you could say the awakened intellect, is not the thing that sees separation, but sees unity. Yeah. That sees the fact that everything is interwoven. Mm-hmm. And everything is telling us something about Allah. Yeah. Everything is speaking about something beyond itself. Mm-hmm. Everything is an ayat, is a sign pointing to truth. And that is the true intellect, the intellect that sees the unity and the multiplicity that is what a true intellect is and many people that are those that have that intellect awakened that doesn't, they may not read the most books, they may not know the most facts, they may not have the highest IQ, yeah. right but they have, they're true intellectuals according to Rumi because they see the multiplicity and, and they have a knowledge from inside themselves from Allah and that's why when Rumi in the Fihi Ma Fihi comments on the Prophet Sallallahu being Ummi, right, unlettered Mm-hmm. He didn't read or write. Rumi makes a really interesting point by saying, "You you're mistaken if you think his his being unlettered means that he didn't read or write. What it means is that he didn't need to read or write yes. because he was getting knowledge from the divine, and he likens it to a home. If each person is a house, mm-hmm. and some people they have water coming into their house right mm-hmm. through channels, or now through plumbing, right through the pipes, mm-hmm. and that's." the knowledge that we can get through our senses, through learning, through observation. He said, but the prophets and their true inheritors, the Uliya, they have a spring, Mm -hmm. they have a fountain in their home, which is feeding them with water no matter what. So even if the plumbing gets turned off, they're still learning, they're still understanding. And of course, all of us have that potential, but for many people, most of us, it's covered up. So that is why we want to awaken that intellect, you see. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. So, again, uh, Rumi is saying that we want to awaken that. And that's why I think my own reflection on this is that that's why you forego argumentation Mm -hmm. and debates. Because, you know, if you think of the human soul as like a a body of water, which Rumi does a lot, like an ocean or you could say like a pond, a lake. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go into a lake... You can see, th- and it's clear, you can see through to the bottom. Yeah. And it's clear. But if you go to the bottom and you stir up the dirt, the sand at the bottom, Yeah. then you can't see. It's very cloudy. You can't see through. And when we debate or when we argue, our ego gets stirred up. Yes. And then I feel like my position, and well, this is what I think, and... And we can't no longer see this see through you. can' no longer see the spirit it's more ego now, and I experienced this you know because sometimes I would debate people about things and I enjoyed it. there's something in the human being likes to debate, but even when I felt like I was successful or I won in the debate, afterwards I would feel like constricted in my chest yes. or like like so there's something about that which clouds the heart even if you're right and so like Imam Ghazali t- says too about about uh, kalam mm-hmm. he says there should be some people that study kalam scholars to, to talk about uh, theology who can defend against other ideas that come from philosophy or, or wrong ideas to protect but most people Especially if you don't have any doubts, just go to Allah through your heart. You don't need to study too much abstract theology and philosophy. It can get in the way of your shaluk, Mm -hmm. of your wayfaring, right? And then he gives the analogy of the the pilgrimage. You know, in the pre-modern times, you needed guards to go with your caravan and pilgrimage because you would be in areas with deserts and empty quarters where there would be robbers and brigands who would come steal the caravans, because they knew people were traveling with their wealth, so you could rob them. So you had to travel with guards. Mm -hmm. So he said like this, there needs to be guards who study these subjects, who can protect the Ummah. But most people just go to the Kaaba, just go to Allah, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, also there's that story of Fakud al al razi that he came into the town and all the people gathered and were celebrating, because he's a great scholar. And one old woman said, who is this? They said, "Don't you know this is al Razi, the one who has ninety-nine proofs for God, hmm. right, ninety-nine proofs for God?" And then this old woman looks at them and says, "That means he has ninety-nine doubts about God." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they told al Razi, and he reportedly got off his horse and he came and said, "Where is he?" and asked for her du'a. Yes. May Allah, and then said, "May Allah give us the iman, the faith of old women." You know the hadith. Amen. So this is the idea, is that. It's through the heart, and yeah. it's through the awakened intellect. It's not through... And we know there's many people that are very high IQ, know so much about science and these type of things, and they devote themselves to things which have no benefit or even harm, mm-hmm. building atom bombs or hydrogen bombs or other things to, you know, on the stock market using their mathematical intelligence to manipulate markets and mm-hmm. these type of things. Okay, is that intelligence truly? Yes. No, intelligence is is taqwa. Intelligence yeah. is seeing mm-hmm. the fact that walikram. Everything is perishing except for the face of Allah and so we have to act accordingly, you know. Yeah. So uh, yes, so the way of Mawlana Burmi is is the way of love. Yeah. Right? It's not the I'm way of about. the intellect. So what are some of the aspects though of, of this, this love and how the is interact with each other and
1: uh, what are some essential principles of the way? Actually firstly, the intellect plays important role, but uh, somewhat. But if you want to go beyond it, if you want to uh, get the truth, it, it, it cannot be. It is impossible with your mind, with your intellect. You have to act with your heart. Uh, and special story about Mevlana Celalitin Rumi, now it is very common uh, in the novels, in modern novels, between Mevlana and Shams Tebrizi. One day Shams trev Mevlana some books uh, into the pool, into the water. And Mevlana Celalitin Rumi was very sad because it was from his father. It was precious, Mm -hmm. unique, uh, many secrets. Uh, But, Shemsi Tebrizi wanted to give a message to him. Because, the books symbolizes mind, symbolizes intellect. Mm -hmm. You can go somewhere with the books, with your intellect, but, uh, it is not enough. It must be with love. How it will be? with your heart, so that heart is much more better than your mind. Even Mevlana's father, Baha'at din Veled, was in this opinion. He left the Belk, he left Afghanistan, uh, and another, second or third, uh, was uh, because of the materialist uh, people in Islam, materialist philosophy Mm -hmm. in Islam, because Belk was very rich and um, high cultural city uh, and there were many scholars, many ulema but some of them, they get something from uh, Greek philosophy into the Islam but Bahad-Din Velid was against them because he was against the material knowledge in Islamic path uh, he, his solution was everything must be with love everything must be with heart it is much more better I think Imam Ghazali or all these kind of uh, people follows this kind of uh, way mm-hmm. and so that they uh, decided to left the city uh, and another important figure is Mongol invasion uh, according to Mevlana Geralitan Rumi love plays very important role. He looks everything po- very positively. Even the death. Death is not a black night for him. Mm-hmm. Death is the union with God, union with Allah. It is Shabia mm-hmm. wedding night. Mm-hmm. It is, it, the true uh, translation is a nuptial night. Mm-hmm. Because beloved and uh, Lover, lover become one yes consummate the, the met the marriage yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but it will it must be with your heart mm-hmm. um, in hadith qudsi i was nowhere but i was in the mm-hmm. heart of the believers mm-hmm. but we cover something with some curtains with some uh, obstacles we have to discover uh, these in our own selves with a master Mm. Uh, firstly it can be with the books Mm. of course Mevlana Jelalitin Rumi now he is Mevlana Jelalitin Rumi but uh, he reads thousands of books (laughs) it's also very important I don't say you have to give up you have to leave all the books no it takes you somewhere but after that you have to apply uh, with hope with love Uh, it is much more better Uh, and all the dervishes, their looking off you uh, must be with love, sema must be with love, sema ceremony must be for Allah. Uh, and the dervishes and the normal Muslims, I will give you ex- an a, explanation. Uh, if we pray five times a day, if we, if we fast during the Ramadan, if we do the basic things, Allah InshaAllah will accept into His uh, paradise, into His Jannah. Mm-hmm. But their wishes aim, their first aim is not going to Jannah. <laughs> their aim is seeing face of God in the Jannah. Mm-hmm. Now you should do much more things. You should do with your heart. You should do with, with, with love. Mm-hmm. And you should do extra things. Five times enough is not enough. We, we cannot um, uh, remember him only five times a day. Um, we have to remember him always. Our hearts uh, must adapt this. Uh, this can be with love, I think. sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that
0: reminds me of the, that line from Ravdana Rumi that... Uh, is usually translated in the popular version as uh, let the beauty we love be what we do. There's a thousand ways to kneel and kiss the ground. But what Mawlana Rumi says is he said, There's a thousand ways to make uh, salat, urukur, and sujood, to make ritual prayer, uh, bowing, and prostration. For one whose prayer niche, whose mihrab, is the beauty of the beloved. Uh, you know, in other words, that it's not like you said it 's not just enough to pray five times a day, but every breath, every action for the lover they don 't just think of the one they love five times a day that's they 're yeah. consumed with love and every moment and every breath, and every interaction is related to that love, you know yeah, and uh so, I don't know. this is uh, so
1: important. Uh, and uh, in the beginning of Meth Navy, the material love also plays very important uh, role. Mm-hmm. Male to female, female mm-hmm. to male, love is also very good mm-hmm. uh, because it takes us to somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also love. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Leila and Majnun, mm-hmm. they were loving, they were felt, felt love, but then they find the truth. Uh, so that, uh, whether this point or that point, love is very important mm-hmm. uh, for Mevlana, Celalit and Rumi. Yeah, I love that Sufi
0: teaching story where the young man comes to the Shaykh and says, I want to take the path and become a dervish. And the Shaykh says, have you ever been in love? Yeah. <laughs> he says, no, I'm a young man. He said, then go fall in love and then come back. To yes. Because what can this path do for you if you can't love? And the deep thing, Rumi always talks about that, is that the true beloved is always Allah. Whatever you love, if you love a beautiful face or you love truth or justice, you're loving the beauty of Allah, al or You're loving al-Haq and truth, and you're loving al Adl and justice, the names of God, always. So... Um, MashaAllah, so maybe we could just close by talking about the sama itself. As you know, I wrote a poem about the sama, and this actually mm-hmm. came after when I was here four years ago and I attended the sama. Yes. And then I sat with you and your father, and there's a few others coming from Europe and other places with us. And uh, you explained the symbolism of the sama. So maybe I could recite the. Um, poem and then you know we could offer some commentary on the meaning of the sabha. So, but we can use the poem to help kind of reflect on that um, and this is you know because every movement in this sama has symbolic yes. value every aspect of the dress has symbolic value every aspect of the carpet they're sitting on symbolic value every movement every step every stage of it has symbolic value. And it's really, if you could say it in one statement, it's that it's a death and rebirth ceremony. Yes. <laughs> it's a death and rebirth ceremony. So the poem is called Dervish. It goes, Right hand to the heavens, left hand to the earth. White garment the spirit, black cloak is the dirt. Gravestone for a turban ascending up from its perch. The kiss of death from the master bowing for the rebirth. A rose tied in a coffin, slow a petal unfurls. The planets down to the atoms, all orbit in turns. All things are in cycles, each being returns. Love, the fruit of the spirit, the body, food for the worms. Invoking every rotation, find what the master affirms. You were just here to remember, there is nothing to learn. Mankind in his glory, a clot that was brought to term. The righteous and the deniers, all emerge from a sperm. They continue their whirling, present at every stage. The breath that's blown into Adam, the secret flows in your veins. The reed that receives the breath, the perfect man is the nay. The higher that one ascends, the more he becomes a slave. Uh, Illusion of separation, when it dies, you have attained. Then there is no self to speak of, like the ocean meets the rain. When a drop falls to its surface, what drop is there that remains? For those who pass in this manner say not that they have been slain. The martyrs yearn for this station, all descriptions in vain. Green birds in the garden chirping the greatest name. The fukara are the wealthy, the sultans, they are the slaves. Dust on the path of the prophet, we raise our hands and we pray, Ya, yeah, Hazrat Mavlana, our master, show us the way, Ya, yeah, Hazrat Mavlana, our master, show us the way, Ya, yeah, Hazrat Mavlana, our master, show us the way. Right hand to the heavens, left hand to the earth, white garment, the spirit, black cloak is the dirt. Gravestone for return, ascending up from its perch the kiss of death from the master, bowing for the rebirth, alhamdulillah. So that's the poem.
1: Um,
0: So contained is a reference to many of the symbols. So maybe you can explain some of the symbols, starting with maybe the dress and then the movements of the symbol.
1: Thank you very much uh, for your poem. It's explained well, I think, but uh, to add something, uh, coffin because our prophet says mutu and mutu Die before your death yes. uh, How it will be? You have to be ready for the real death Killing your ego Killing your nafs And then you are. it means you are ready uh, You have to make some preparation Before your death mm-hmm. uh, Because we also have animal sides We firstly control this animal side we have to be a real human we have to be a perfect man so that all the clothes of dervishes play a very important role for example the belt the black belt divides you into two different parts Mm. your down is very similar with the animals Mm. eating uh, your last your other things but the up separate mind, intellect, heart is all here. Mm. We have to focus our upside mm. so that uh, we step the post this is the God seeking or uh, other animal seeking. It symbolizes our animal side mm. but we step on it. Mm. It means it is under... Mm. it, it the is prayer under, mat. The yeah. prayer mat, which is literally a... Uh, uh, Sheepskin, right? Yes. Uh, my animal side is under my foot, under my feet. It so, means, so, uh-huh. or I am trying to do my best. Mm-hmm. The white uh, one uh, symbolizes coffin because of uh, die before your death.
0: Right, the white, the white uh, skirt that they yes. wear. wear yes. Yeah. Yes, and that, the, so represents the kefen which is the the funeral mm-hmm. shroud that the people
1: are wrapped in when they are buried. Exactly. And the long cap, we say Sikke, it's like a gravestone. Yeah. It is all related with the death. Hmm. But death in these worlds. Yes. And then um, the black cloak, the black jubba that yes. you wear first,
0: what does that represent?
1: It is, it is, uh, it is like a worldly attachment. Hmm. Because while you are starting to ceremony, you take off your worldly attachment, hmm. Uh, onto your animal side mm-hmm. and you uh, Go another dimension. dimension Because in every whirling in every turning you, re- you repeat the name of God you say Allah Allah Allah with your heart mm-hmm. It is like a praying it is like a Dua because your right palms look looks up mm-hmm. It is like a Dua mm-hmm. you Uh, want something from Allah, you want some energy, you want his mercy, but not only for yourself. Mm. With left hand, you are ready to distribute this energy with uh, everyone. Mm -hmm. You have to share this knowledge, this experience with everyone. When we want rain from Allah, we cover we turn our uh, hands, our palms to the do down. It means please send your mercy, please send your plentifulness to our earth. Hmm. Uh, so the whirling devishes, while they are whirling, while they are performing sema, they repeat the name of Allah uh, thousands times. Uh, they try to contact with him. It is like a rabta but not themselves, mm. So that in our history or now, it must be with audience. Mm. It must not be with, uh, without audience. Mm. So, but there's a few things before they start whirling, there's different parts. So what happens before the whirling? Yes, uh, for example, uh, Sultan Velet circling. Uh, before starting the Sema ceremony, we don't take off our uh, black locks. Uh, we turn three times uh, it, on the whole. It, the first uh, round symbolizes ilm mm. The second one symbolizes ayn mm. And the third one is hak mm. Because uh, it's steps. These, these are steps. It takes you to truth.
0: So, the, the dervishes basically walk in a circle to symbolize each, each one of those levels. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And then, right before the whirling starts, you take off the black cloak and you come towards the post nation or the Sheik. Maybe you could explain
1: the post nation and when they come to him and what they do before whirling. Uh, this sema ceremony must be under the control of Sheik because he has many experience. And he walked before us in this spiritual way. Mm. And he can control many things in, as a spiritually. Uh, we both in front of him, it means, could you please let me, I am ready mm. for uh, this new life. Mm. And he kisses our long cap, it means, okay, please. Start your zikr, start your remembrance of Allah. Um, he also symbolizes Mevlana, in Rumi and the lineage, the silsile. Uh, he sits, he stands on the red uh, special carpet. Red carpet yeah. Yes, and the red color symbolizes... Uh, Mevlana Jalaluddin Rumi is passing away because when he passed away the sky was full of red because it was just before uh, the evening time mm-hmm. uh at the same time another meaning the red one is Jalaluddin mm-hmm. Mevlana Jalaluddin Rumi the name of Jalal mm-hmm. uh, in Sufi tradition mm-hmm. uh the color of Celal is red. Yeah. And, and
0: Jamal is blue,
1: is it? Yeah, mm. uh, blue and also Vahdet, uh, unity is also blue. Uh, of course, these are all commentary, but written in our books mm. in Turkish. Uh, and Sheikh symbolizes Mevlana in Rumi, symbolizes Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wa and he can walk uh, on a line yeah. there are, in Semahal there is a line that we cannot see invisible line. invisible line but it symbolizes uh, the right side of semahane zahir the left side is batin outward and inward outward and inward but sheikh can walk Uh, in the middle because he covers he takes Mm -hmm. Zahir and Batin in himself.
0: right one foot in each right so he's transcended the difference yes it's like Fana and then Baqar you come back you're in the world of multiplicity but you see Vahdet you see unity yes
1: and at the end of Sema ceremony the whirling dervishes uh, finds a place and they don't move they always whirls that in this time The post the sheikhs, uh, starts his special sema. It is slowly and different than our sema. And he walks into the middle uh, because middle of the sema hane is a kutub. Hmm. In that time, he opens his chest Hmm. and it means please. may Allah please send your mercy to to my chest Mm -hmm. it is like a sun Mm -hmm. Uh, but he is ready to distribute uh, with everyone with the dervishes it is like a planet system sun planets stars Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's like a tradition it's like a shopping between (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah.
0: it's it's It's really profound and I think it should be mentioned too that like the goal, of, like Rumi's poetry cannot be separated from wedged, right? Yes, wedged, ecstasy, and this is an important term because one Rumi wrote the poetry in a state of wedged, yes. and he wrote them for the Samat, for you know, opening wedged in others. Yeah, and what is wedged? It is an intense, deep topic that many Sufi theorists have written about. Imam Ghazali writes deeply about it and others. But this is the idea is that I mean, in Arabic, right the word wajd is from the trilateral root wao del jean wajada So many words are made from that root. Wajd means ecstasy. Wajada means to find. Mm-hmm. And wujud means being itself. That's why, awesome. you know, you have in philosophy uh, uh, God is wajib al-wujud, the necessary existence. And yeah. in the school of Ibn al-Arabi, is called the school of wahda al-wujud, oneness of being. So this is the idea is that if, when you find, when you find being, when you open yourself to the essence of being, the root of being, which is Allah, which is God, which is the transcendent one, the source of all existence, that finding is ecstatic. When you essentially lose yourself, when you transcend your ego self, which feels separate, you become one with everything and Rumi uses the analogy of an ocean, right? So a wave comes up and the wave is a separate thing, right? I, I like to surf, so you experience this. The wave is its own thing, but then it comes back into the ocean, and it's one. So, mm-hmm. us as a, being a human, we are like waves on the ocean. So we think, "I'm me. I'm a separate person," but really, you're just emerging from the ocean for a moment, but you're coming back into the ocean. Yes. You were, and and this is or like a drop falling into the ocean. So this is the nature of it. So it's and it's such, essentially, for the Sufis, that true existence. Is not the ego existence, but it's when you remove that veil of ego, then you find true existence. Yes. Then you find true being. And so Rumi wouldn't just write from his own self. He would write from the absence of his own self when a state overcame him. And that's why he didn't actually write his poetry. He recited it, and then Hussam Din or other disciples yes. would write them. So, and he wrote them not to be read, you know, silently in, the, in your room by yourself, that's okay too. But the reason he really wrote them is to be sung and recited in the Sama, right? Because then these meanings will pierce your heart and you will attain a state of ecstatic union with the Divine Presence, right? So that's really important to mention too, like what is this all about is about that. and. Um, so I guess from your perspective, too, like, you've been doing the Sama, you said, for 15 years, right? No, no, yeah, And was it difficult to get from the point where it's like you're focusing on all the movements and your arms are getting tired and, you, know, you say you're getting dizzy and am I doing it right? And thinking about that, to get to that point of you're, you're empty and you're just, you know, like... the the symbolic meaning. You're just Mm -hmm. with the hand to the heaven, hand to the earth, and empty. Make me a vessel for your mercy to come. And attaining that state of presence with Allah. um, Yeah,
1: how is that? Yeah. Uh, Actually, first years, uh, I was always thinking about my position, about my head, about my arms. I couldn't focus. And I don't know what I am doing. (laughs) But it is also a process. Mm. It gives you many things. Mm. After five years, I uh, started to read something about Sema, I, about Mevlana in Rumi, uh, because knowledge uh, must be here. Uh, and then you are trying to focus. And if you ha- get experienced, especially in the third part of sema ceremony, the rhythm is very quick. And with the music, with the rhythm, you spin uh, uh, quickly, more quickly. Uh, you whirl more quickly. In that time, your eyes cannot see the around of you. And you don't know where is right, where is left. I think it is the best best think because you are saying Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah and you don't know where you are and you are trying to get contact with Allah and you are always saying Allah you are again saying Allah and of course you are feeling something it is very special During their wishes they don't want to uh, share their experiences. With the others, mm. as you said, they don't describe themselves too much. Mm. Uh, but it is you. you have to live. I think you have to be whirling their wish, mm. But after fifteen or after twenty years, it is much more be- much more better, uh, and then you can feel something. Mm. It, it is not written in the books. Mm. It is not saying but you have to live it. This moment is very unique, this moment is very important, but you cannot feel uh, in every sema. Mm -hmm. It is directly related with your life, with your spirituality. During that week, if you pray well, if you always think about Allah, if you are a good person, Of course, you can see the reflections Mm. uh, in the Sema ceremony.
0: Mm -hmm. Masha'Allah, beautiful. Alhamdulillah, so uh, you've been very generous with your time, so we'll we'll close with that. But is there anything uh, else you wanted to say in closing? And then also, if people are interested in uh, your work or the whirling dervishes more generally, Maybe you could say uh, uh, something about where they could
1: find more information or maybe about Irfa, where we are. Yes, so. actually uh, uh, I, I am living in Konya and uh, if you come Konya, you should uh, experience this uh, ceremony. In, on Saturdays, we are performing Sema ceremony at Mevlana Cultural Center for years. Mm-hmm. But on Sundays uh, and on Friday nights, we are at Irfa, Irfan Civilization and Cultural Center. It is like a modern Mevlevi Khane, because we have art classes, uh, students are coming and learning art, we are performing Sema ceremonies, we are singing Sufi songs, conferences, meetings. There are several events uh, in this cultural center. And sometimes uh, during the summer, you can uh, see Sema ceremony four times a week. Uh, You can come and visit us. I am ready to serve you. Uh, I am ready to share my knowledge with everyone uh, if I know. Mm
0: -hmm. And Inshallah, Inshallah, Rumi Center for Spirituality and the Arts We'll be bringing annually, be doing a, a Rumi retreat here, İnşallah. and we'll be uh, working with you and, insha'Allah, allowing people to experience the Sama, to study these sacred arts, and to study the poetry and philosophy and really the way of Maulana Rumi, insha'Allah. Insha'Allah.
1: A'la Allahu. A'la